Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We're in Revelation chapter 8, and much like we had to do with chapter 6 and 7, there's a lot going on here, so it may take a little more time to, to unpack. Uh, remember that you have the six seals, uh, six of the seven being opened in uh, chapter 6, then you get a, a bit of a break in chapter 7. Well, in chapter 8, we're going to get uh, the first four of the seven trumpets, really the six trumpets, uh, which would then lead to another break. So the next few chapters, we'll be looking at the trumpets, a break from the trumpets, and then uh, what, what happens after that. Let's turn to verse 1. It says, When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, remember he is the one who is worthy, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, seven trumpets who were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of the, all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunders, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Um, I just want to point out a few things here um, in terms of the, the, the nitty-gritty and then, then the big picture which are getting these first five verses. First thing we, we need to see is there's a lot of debate about the time here, half an hour, the silence in a half an hour. Um, Again, coming from this ministration's perspective where everything was literal, so what you have is a literal half an hour uh, time span of silence. Um, I'm not sure that's quite uh, uh, we need to be that literal here. The idea of half an hour is is uns is is um, not really symbolic. It's just saying uh, that there was a, a time of awe and wonder at what is about to happen. So, so I'm not sure uh, we, we could easily put a time frame on the events of Revelation. Could easily be wrong on that. Um, but you also see uh, that, that the prayers of the saints are received with incense and then are, are cast down uh, to the earth. What you have there, the big idea we need to see is that God is receiving the prayers. We saw the same thing with the uh, fifth seal. God receives the prayers of the saints who have suffered. And so we're seeing that yet again. The prayers of the saints are being received by Christ who then responds with justice. And that is important uh, for us just in terms of, 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 of um, a practical application, that God hears our prayers and responds to them. So when we cry out for justice, God will answer them. Not on our timeline. Everything is on God's timeline. But God does care about justice, and God does care about the suffering of his people. And one last thing to note there at the very end, you see the rumbling, the thunder, rumbling, flashes of lightning, and earthquake. Some debate as to what all that means, how it should be interpreted. I just do want to highlight that this is one of seven references to an earthquakes, to, to an earthquake. There are seven of them in the book of Revelation. Remember the significance of numbers throughout the book of Revelation. We already see uh, seven angels here. Now we see what I think is the first of seven earthquakes. Now, that doesn't mean uh, that in the end times there will be seven specific earthquakes, but that together uh, you're, you're seeing the, the great um, um, emphasis on them. Uh, that leads to the opening of uh, the seven trumpets. So the seventh seal is the opening of the seven trumpets. Okay, So so first five verses is the breaking of that seventh seal. So now we're going to get seven trumpets. We'll get the first four here. And, and there we need to see there, there, there's parallels between the trumpets and the seals in that the seals are clearly you have four and then you have two and then you have one. You have four horsemen followed by two other seals followed by a seventh seal that opens. The trumpets you have four 
trumpets here in chapter 8, which are more uh, physical, natural uh, judgments. Then you get two more that are related, but different from these. And then you get a seventh trumpet, which opens up seven bowls. However, the real parallelism here is not between the seals and the trumpets, but between the trumpets and the bowls. There's seven bowl judgments later. For example, you, you get uh, in the first trumpet, um, uh, it, it attacks the earth. The second attacks the sea, the third the rivers and springs, the fourth the sun, moon, and stars, the fifth mentions the pit of the abyss, uh, six mentions the uh, Euphrates River, and the seventh mentions lightning and hail. If you were to read the bold judgments, what you're going to see is an attack on the earth, and then the sea, and then the river springs, the sun, moon, and stars, then the throne of, um, of the beast, as opposed to the pit of the abyss, but still sort of the same thing. Uh, another reference to Euphrates River, and then lightning and hail. So there's real parallels between the trumpets and, and the bowls here. So with that said, let's look at the, these trumpets. We'll look at, again, the first four here uh, today. And one of the things that may strike you is that, yes, there is... Uh, a geographical uh, or, or um, sort of language. Uh, so, so what you get then is um, the earth is trumpet one, uh, the sea is the second trumpet, the the seas or the waters is the third trumpet, and the sun is the fourth trumpet. So, so we see that pattern throughout. At the same time, what we see is that the plagues that are brought about here are or, or do parallel the Exodus plagues. Now, when I say parallel, I'm not saying that one lines up with one, two lines up with two, or anything like that. There's ten plagues in Egypt, there's seven trumpets. So, so it's not going to be a perfect parallel, and they're not in the same order. For example, the first plague in Egypt is uh, the water into blood. Right, So you get the bloody Nile River. It ruins the entire economy, kills a lot of fish, all that sort of stuff. Well, that is actually the, the second trumpet here in this text. So that is verses 8 through 9, right? So, so it's not a parallel in, in, in terms of sequential uh, events, but in terms of what the plagues are being played off of, it's clearly connected to the Exodus. So just as God came down in judgment against the Egyptians for enslaving his people, now what you have is God's judgment upon the nations for the uh, abuse and, and the oppression of his people. Right? So, so John wants us to see the parallels between here. The Pharaoh of the Exodus will become the beast of Revelation. Right? So, so remember, you, you can't appreciate Revelation without some understanding of the Old Testament. Let's look at these. Uh, the, uh, verse 7, the first angel blew his trumpet. By the way, it's what they all say. First angel blew his trumpet. Second angel blew his trumpet. So on. There was hail and fire mixed with blood, and these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees was burned up, and all green grass was burned up. So you're going to see an emphasis on burned up, right? At least here in verse 7, you know, it's there, what, three times, four times? I think three times. So um, uh, that's that's a matter of emphasis. Um, and then, then you see, again, the emphasis on, on earth. Now, what exactly is being described here, I, I think, goes beyond um, our, our purposes. But verse 8, um, the second trumpet uh, is blown. You see a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. A third of the ships were destroyed. So notice you had burned up, burned up, burned up. A third of, a third of, a third of. Right? Um, now, you have the reference to a third uh, being mentioned in the first trumpet. Um, now, we need to see that not just as an act of judgment, but an act of grace. 
God isn't judging everyone. He isn't condemning everyone. He's still preserving life on earth in the sea and the waters and so on and so forth. Uh, I would also say that um, the idea of a great mountain falling from the sky, um, you could read that as a comet or an asteroid if, if you want to. Um, but the language is, is to say that it is indescribable, uh, something fantastic, something apocalyptic. Right? And, and that this language is commonly found throughout uh, the Bible. It's, it's when Jesus asked for signs in the heavens, this is the sort of thing that, that they expected him to, to give them. Uh, so I don't know if it has to mean an asteroid is going to hit the earth. Um, but the idea of, of judgment using the very different areas of the earth, the water, the earth, the sky, and all that. Third trumpet, um, a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had, had made, been made bitter. You'll notice again uh, an emphasis on three here. Remember, we had burned up, burned up, burned up, third of, third of, third of, and now we get wormwood, wormwood, bitter. Now, the word bitter is not the same word as wormwood, but wormwood essentially means that. It's only used twice in the New Testament here in the same verse. It's used, I think, six times in the Old Testament, and it's, also a me- it's often a metaphor for uh, sin, uh, the bitterness of sin. Here you, you get the concept of bitter and poison sort of together. So that's why wormwood is often associated with poison. Uh, I think we have to be careful in reading into to particularly trumpets, but into wormwood in particular. Um, but um, just because you see the word wormwood somewhere doesn't mean it's the Antichrist is around and they're going to come get us all. Everybody run. Um, but you, you do see here that a specific name, and by the way, this is the name of a star, um, which, which if, if we explored, would, would take a lot of time and we would all be confused. Uh, but you'll notice that many people died from the waters. So, so you had the trees who are dying and the grass. You have living creatures in the sea dying. Now you have many people dying that are in the water. Uh, and it is bitter. And then finally, 12, uh, we get the fourth trumpet. It says, a third of the sun was struck. A third of the moon, a third of the stars, a third of their light might be darkened, a third of the day might be kept from shining, and likewise a third of the night. So again, remember you have burned up, burned up, burned up, and then you get a third, a third, a third, wormwood, wormwood, bitter, and now you're getting light, light, light. And that's told in different ways, but it's still there. So you have the uh, light is darkened, day is kept from shining, and then it is night. So uh, so you, that parallelism, the, the day is kept from shining. Well, what do you call that? Nighttime, right? It's night all the time. But it's put there twice, I believe, for the purpose of the symmetry of, th- of threes. Okay? So, so this is going to be emphasizing darkness. Well, of course, all of these are connected with the uh, Exodus story, right? So we get hail, the seventh plague, is, is mentioned in the first trumpet. Blood, uh, the, the first plague, is mentioned as the second trumpet. Uh, a poisoned water, uh, that what happens. And then, then you get darkness, which is the ninth plague. Well, they, these, these are parallels with the story of, of Exodus. All right, and so, so we get to the end, and it's easy to, to get lost in, in all of this. There's so many details, so much imagery, and it is difficult to know exactly what is going on here. So, so what do we do? The main thing we need to see here is that God is a God of justice who would carry out his justice in judgment, and that this judgment is good. We see this throughout the book of Revelation. 
God's judgment is good. Now we can get caught up on charts and timelines and chronology and all that, but if we miss the point, Christ rules and reigns over the earth, and he will come with a sword, not with a cross, and he will judge the nations of the earth, particularly those who oppress the people of God. Now remember, this is written to local churches. The local churches are the key to interpreting the book of Revelation. Here they are in oppressed contexts. Here they are suffering by the system and by their neighbor. And what is the answer? It is to keep crying out to God. He hears your prayers and he will respond accordingly. So if you're a preterist, you believe God answered those prayers in AD 70. If you're, if you're uh, someone who believes in, in um, uh, you know, some futuristic approach to, to revelation, then, then, then you've seen God intervene throughout history and you await a final intervention in history. Regardless, we see the message is keep crying out to God amid your distress, amid your sorrow, amid pandemic. God hears your prayers. And for the rest of us, May we learn to repent and believe the gospel and cry out to him for grace. For grace he will send, or he will send judgment. Hope to see you guys here tomorrow. We'll look at some really cool stuff with the trumpets. See you then.